World 1.0 and World 2.0. Hey brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, welcome back to the By Faith Podcast. I'm starting a new series where I'll be covering several topics. The themes that I'll be covering over the next while includes God's plan of salvation, biblical doctrine, Bible ethics, the canon of scripture, transliteration, the law and the gospel. So before I start on a new overview of God's plan of salvation, I want to use this episode to explain what the Bible teaches about our world. I like to use the example given by Dr. Randall Smith in his teachings. One day an expert in time management was speaking to a group of business students and to drive home a point, he used an illustration those students will never forget. As he stood in front of the group of high-powered overachievers, he said, Okay, time for a quiz. Then he pulled out a two-gallon, wide-mouthed pickle jar and set it on the table in front of them. Then he produced about a dozen fist-sized rocks and carefully placed them one at a time into the jar. When the jar was filled to the top and no more rocks would fit inside, he said, Is this jar full? Everyone in the class answered, Yes. Then he said, Really? He reached under the table and pulled out a bucket of gravel. Then he dumped some gravel in and shook the jar, causing pieces of the gravel to work themselves down into the space between the brick rocks. Then he asked the group once more, Is the jar full? By this time the class was on to him. Probably not, one of them answered. Good, he replied. He reached under the table and brought out a bucket of sand. He started dumping the sand into the jar and it went into all of the spaces left between the rocks and the gravel. Once more he asked the question, Is this jar full? Is this jar full? No, the class shouted. Once again he said, Good. Then he grabbed a pitcher of water and began to pour it until the jar was full to the brim. He looked at the class and asked, What is the point of this illustration? One eager student raised his hand and said, The point is, no matter how full your schedule is, if you try really hard, you can always fit some more things into it. No, the speaker replied, that's not the point. The truth this illustration teaches us is, if you don't put the big rocks in first, you'll never get them in at all. There are many things I want to talk to you about, but the big rocks must go in first. So we need to understand that God has a story to tell in prophecy. Without the big things placed in the story first, the story will never be complete. One should look at the setting of prophecy in the Holy Bible through a lens of world 1.0 and 2.0. In order to talk about the future in some meaningful way, we have to agree on what the whole story of mankind is about. It is important to have a sound biblical worldview. First, the story of the world from the biblical perspective all began with God. It is the single great point to which all others hold together. All that God does have order. There is a logic to the world He created. There is an order to the world. There is a purpose to the world. God, who always was, decided to create a domain. He determined to have a kingdom in which he would rule in absolute sovereignty. He then created subjects to rule over. The first world, the first world was of angelic beings. We can call this world 1.0. 
He created angelic beings, spiritual without the physical characteristics of this dimension. We know that the angelic beings dwelt in the heavens and were massive in number. We can see texts like Daniel 7.10, Revelations 5.11 and Hebrews 12.22. We also know that a large number of them rebelled and attempted to overthrow the sovereign rule of God. Their leader, a rebellious former cherub, became the one simply called adversary of every part of God's kingdom, in other words Satan. It appears in the Bible as though God's response to the defection of the angelic world was to create a second world at least in part as an illustration to the first. We know the second world was of human beings. In world 2.0, He created human beings. He unfolded his plan by allowing men to rule on his behalf, calling on a man to ask him of what they needed. We also see that Satan enlisted man to himself in the Garden of Eden, accepting the domination of man and becoming the Prince of Air, in an effort to turn yet more of God's created beings toward the deception. It is at this point that the fall of man wrought the following consequences. Man died spiritually immediately. Here we can see Genesis 2 verses 16 to 17. The umbilical cord was severed with God and only a conscience after image was retained in memory. Man died physically as the process of destruction and decay affected the world fabric of the universe with disease, deformity and moral defect. Man was denied the created access to eternal life. All man's access to domination over the earth was changed. He was doomed to abuse creation and it would fight him. Man was transferred from God's kingdom to the kingdom of Satan to reproduce according to their kind. So, with the fall of man, God brings about his plan of salvation. This plan is to save his people from their sins and to bring about his people fully and finally to himself. All this can only happen through his son, Jesus Christ. So, at the core, World 2.0 illustrates to World 1.0 the notion that the history of man has as its ultimate purpose the expression of the absolute sovereignty and holy character of God. His power is unmatched and character unparalleled in the whole universe. I trust you found this episode useful and that it added some big rocks to your biblical worldview. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at ByFaithMinistry. Alternatively, head over to the website clintsteward.co.za. Thanks again. Till next time, God bless.